This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! I just have to say, I feel like so pumped up. And then this song... (laughs) Yeah, no, the intro is always great, and then this song is an immediate downer. I, you know, and like, I, I feel like we comment on it every time, and maybe we shouldn't, but we should choose uh, anyway. a different. We should choose a different intro song. We will. You guys Something should tweet us, us and tell us if you know a good what intro song, song. We should play instead of the song because Please. we are here. Uh, with no further ado, uh, this is of course After Buzz. We are here doing another episode of. The Man in the High Castle. This is episode six, season one, Three Monkeys. I am your host, Courtney Henderson. And as always, joined by, oh gosh, lovely, handsome, dapper. We'll Ooh, add that this dapper. time. A new adjective like every show. Yes. Handsome, dapper. <laughs> Who are you guys? I'm Keith W. Black, and you can find me all over the internet at Keith W. Black. And I'm Taylor Bolt. You can find me on Twitter at Taybolt. That's T-A-Y-B-O-L-D-T. And on Instagram at T-Bolt, also B-O-L-D-T. All right. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, so... Before we actually talk about like specifics, I just want to know what your actual kind of overall thought of this episode was, because I feel very different about it myself than I have the rest. This one in particular. This one in particular. Now I'm hesitant to say because oh, what no. if we have very not, different opinions? Well, I mean, we, we're, you're allowed to think differently than me because we don't actually live in this alternate world. Sure. So you, <laughs> you can have your own opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it was. there's a lot of things that were unsettling. The first thing I'd like to say is I actually really liked this episode, which um, I thought was interesting sort of in retrospect because it seems like not... It seems like a lot of rising action and not a lot of decisive action, yeah. if that makes sense. There's a couple of big yeah. things that kind of happen, but it's still mostly just like they're about to happen. There were a ki- there were a lot of things that were set up to happen. Exactly. I feel like nothing happened and in I this entire episode. I really hate setup episodes in general, but this episode gave us for the first time uh I think just a really solid grasp of what life is going to be like especially in the uh in the Great Reich in the uh the eastern mm-hmm. part of the country of just what what the culture is it's not just like the skyscrapers with the with the swastika on them like we actually got to see like suburban life kind of which still felt like you know a building with a swastika yeah. on it well, to me sure, yeah. Yeah. No, it did, I mean the but... kid Thomas I think is the oldest mm-hmm. son's name yeah. Yeah. I mean he literally had it on his arm right he's Hitler like, Youth Hitler Youth yeah that's part of the wardrobe yeah, you, you have to have a red flag to me the redeeming I mean I won't call the episode boring because it wasn't because of the setup but I mean for goodness sake the last 30 seconds which I felt like were predictable uh, were still exciting and for me that right. kind of like saved 
loved it. Even I though like, I knew it was coming. For you know the what last I mean? 30 seconds. It might have been because the first hour was kind of like, eh. But the last Touché. 30 seconds, I was like leaning forward, like, what is about to happen? And I, yeah. I thought it was. I wasn't. Uh, I don't think they disappointed there, but yeah, definite setup episode. But we've got a lot of cool stuff yeah. yes, coming. Uh, I, my favorite thing, and we can t- we can talk about this first because I said so. Uh, Joe, I want to talk about Joe, and that's where the episode starts. He shows up for VA Day, which is also Veterans Day. It's the same thing, in case you guys well, are wondering. We actually had a VE Day in America uh, that stood for Victory in Europe. And it was uh, sort of celebrated right after uh, World War II um, to sort of to celebrate the Allies' victory. So VA Day, I took to just be victory in the yeah, Americas, victory in like victory in America's day. Well, but it seems like it's sort of like the Fourth of July. Vet- no, Veterans yeah. Day. It's November. Pardon? VA Day is Veterans Day. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Like, oh, for you mean in the show, or do you mean I in mean, our reality? In real, I, I thought both. Oh, I, okay. I, I think it goes by the fact that when in our reality we took over Europe and we celebrated it as V Day, as you previously yeah, said. Yeah, V Day. I think so. I mean, um, it could be a reference to Veterans Day, but it seems like it happens in the summer, right? Yeah, and we got the summer and we got the indication when by seeing the discrepancy between the Japanese celebration of it versus the Germans. The Germans right. celebrated openly in the Americas. For them, that's a huge accomplishment. Whereas the Japanese said, oh, we don't necessarily celebrate VA Day, but we do celebrate Navy Army Day, which is our right. combined right. You know, which is like control of sort of like a veterans, of territories. Well, now so, I'm like, yeah. so uncertain. <laughs> I don't I, like being uncertain. I, I, I took it as a parallel to VE Day, which was sort of like But a, that doesn't exist in this world. Not, not anymore. No, so VE Day existed in, in our universe. Right. Where we won over... Europe, or, or we, where we won against the Nazis in Europe, so it was like victory in Europe, mm-hmm. and it was sort of celebrated for a but while I mean, after VA World War II. VA is for veterans. Like that's like I looked that up. Oh, I mean, I knew it, but I looked it up also. Yeah, but look up look up VE Day, and then I I took it as well, victory what I'm saying in America. All right, it, I think it could be both. I don't I'm, think that. There's... Well, I mean, I think that's what Veterans Day is. I mean. Well, let's just talk about something else. Because <laughs> okay. we don't know, it's and I don't the, have my... We can't look it up. It's one of the two. We'll, we'll look it up. Tweet, tweet us. If you um, know, the, yeah, tweet us. If you us. know, please tweet us. Um, and tell us. Yeah, I'll answer your comments on YouTube. In, in either in either respect, it's definitely sort of like a very patriotic, family-oriented, at least from... That's what we get from Obergruppen and Fuhrer, uh, German holiday that seems to celebrate... The victory, yeah. their victory in the war, because we see we see the Führer yeah. talking about. He's giving this big sort of uh, speech to uh, the nation, as it as it were, uh, talking about on this day, such and such, however long ago mm-hmm. we we won, basically, yeah. we yeah. won the war. So it's a very patriotic uh, holiday for uh, the Nazis, which is. Um, it's disturbing. But it looks like the 4th of July. It I will give you that. That's why it's it. disturbing. That was the thing I really did not like about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and still, even with the references to baseball, which is the quintessential, like the embodiment of America, like yeah. baseball is our sport. It's what defines us. They used it during World War II to see who was and wasn't uh, a spy, or if you were actually an ally, because they would ask you trivia about baseball. And if you didn't if you know didn't it, know. then you weren't an American. So right. for them to go out DiMaggio. and actually, actually be talking about DiMaggio, <laughs> yeah. and then you know, overgrouping fewer wings of baseball at his son as though. And then he says, you know, nobody gets a, there's no such thing as a free, free lunch. lunch. Right. It's almost directed also towards his kid as a lesson, like, I'm still, the, I'm the man of this home, regardless right. of anything. And to me, like, you were saying earlier, this show kind of bugged you because there was no real rise. It was just mostly rising action. There it, was not it, a lot it of... Didn't, it just, I mean, it was a little boring. It was just very slow. And I don't want to call it boring because, like, setup is necessary, you know? Yeah. But it's, like, reestablishing things. Uh, but for me, the, this part is actually the most interesting because... We don't know a lot about Joe, and we learn a lot about him. Yeah, well, right. in this episode. And my, what I was going to say is, I really enjoyed this episode for the reason that it was such narrative into John Smith's life. We got to see so much and oh, learn so much too. about yeah. John Smith 
in this VA Day celebration with his kids, with his family. And before this, he's been kind of a mystique. We don't really know anything too much about him. He, right. We know he's intelligent. We know that he's a high-ranking official. He's well right. off. But we know he he's a, a self-starter. Yeah, he yeah. has a family. But and, we and don't it's know. Structured. And there's yeah. so much irony in that. He's he's living what was or kind of is or was the American dream at the time of like this little mm-hmm. white picket fence yeah. and a family and a dog and uh, oh, they yeah. eat apple pie and they, they have uh, lunch outside on mm-hmm. a picnic table. And I loved I loved the references to baseball. I, I even there was a, a thing that I just wanted to bring up because it was I literally wrote it down as my favorite moment <laughs> in the episode. Episode was when he sort of like um, casually mentions he thinks baseball is a boring sport. Yeah, like he's just like this is a boring sport. I prefer um, soccer or yeah. mm-hmm. or like track or I think it were the things and, that he said. But the thing I loved about that was to me that really that whole conversation. Like, of course he doesn't like baseball. You know, like he didn't no. go to college. He went straight into the workforce. He didn't go into the military. You know what I mean? Like, he, yeah. he's everything that. Um, the Fuhrer's son is not. Are we talking but about Joe? About Joe, right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Joe. You know, so so you know, Thomas is like asking him all these questions, which you know, so we're like learning a little bit. The thing I thought was interesting, actually, which surprised me, was clearly Joe had never been there before. Like Joe had never met yeah. the family, and mm-hmm. from some of our previous conversations about sort of why or how he has this relationship with. Uh, John Smith. It was one of those where it was like, oh, okay, so this isn't like some family friend's kid, or, you know, this isn't somebody that he's taken under his wing this much before. Yeah, This is a new step for their relationship. Do you think it could possibly bring us more into the light of the relationship between Rudolph and John Smith, showing they really went in depth about the war relation and how they were bonded in war, and they were bonded at the camps. And John's uh, Joe's father has been alluded to a couple times, but he doesn't really know anything about his father, and he kind of this is all I you know could really get into. And his dad was really good, at, and the such respect John Smith has for people who have done terrible things in war, thinking it's for the greater good. Right. I think that maybe that's why is John Smith and Joe's dad were relatable through war. And that's why they don't know the family, because it was a war relationship. It wasn't a home yeah. front relationship. Right. And so Joe just feels a little bit of an obligation to this man because he knows his father. Well, and maybe his father died in war. Yeah. and so, But he knew, of course, that this man that he was at war with had this son and now was fatherless and didn't have that figure. Or you right. know, sort of there's a, Yeah, there is a lot. This did open the door to find out a lot more about that relationship. Um, which, Possibly because there's, we'll see because it might be right. ten, it might be tenuous. Uh, we, we learn later not to skip. Ahead. Well, I think yeah. I think that um, the whole inviting him over was a test. Oh okay. yeah, you know what I mean. For I, sure. I think uh, the way that he handled Joe with Rudolph, the way that he handled the whole thing. I mean, spending the night, like all of that, it, it felt very calculated. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? The spending uh, on, the night. Yeah, I mean that was that just went to show his that his wife is such an an ally, and he even mentioned oh, yeah. you have to tr- if you're trusting <laughs> your life back. with somebody, you've got to trust them with everything, right? Yeah, and it, not only his wife has back, she's propagating the, uh, his entire investigation Absolutely. into Joe and right. into Rudolph, right? And I mean that that's terrifying to sound in its own. Are the kids is Thomas in it and the little children along for the. This deception is Max the puppy involved in this deception. He could be is Max. Puppy? I think I think Max no, is behind Max. the whole thing. <laughs> he is the man in the high castle. He's the overgroup in green. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, no. I uh, well, we figured it out, folks. Yeah, yeah. shows up. We don't need the rest of the episodes. Just I, kidding. We do. We. I really do. Like, I need. I need just past episode halfway. seven now. <laughs> I know, right? We still have so much more, uh, and it's it's so tantalizing because it's all out there. We just can't watch it oh, until yeah, yeah. we film these. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I guess for the same reasons that the episode was slow, I enjoyed it. It was definitely more relaxed, but all of these little glimpses and stuff, this is the only opportunity that we're probably yeah. going to get to see some of this stuff. Of course. Because everything's not not at peace, but at rest. You know what I mean? Like there's, uh, you know, Oprah Group and Fuhrer John Smith is, uh, is plotting and scheming this entire episode, but we don't really know know that as the audience members. To us, we see this as a pleasant a pleasant national yeah. holiday, <laughs> and it gives right. eerie insight to what life is like, which is part of the appeal of this show. 
I think yeah. that's that's at least one of the um, the biggest sort of marketing pushes for the show is that what would it be like in this alternate right. world? And so for that reason, the, I think it's such an intrinsic part of the show at a base level. I think it makes for a good episode. Now, if episode seven is this is the same, the same thing yeah. then I, it's too much it's too much too much all is too things much. in moderation exactly all in moderation. so For sure. that made me think of uh going back to like being calculated mm-hmm. and also the way life was uh grandmother's coming into town we have to go pick her up at the airport come with me like you know help what what was the wording he used something about you know basically um like oh, managing her yeah taking some yeah. of the fire oh, that right, was a phrase yes. you know and it was just like okay well some things have never changed yeah. you know because <laughs> that's kind of I think how a lot of people at least oh, stereotypically yeah. you know yeah. like stereotypically that is still very present absolutely today uh but of course, her flight was canceled. Mm. But they ran into Rudy. Yeah, it, like how right. interesting and how just you know, I just really coincidental. Yeah, I really I enjoyed the depth. <laughs> of, totally, we'll call it a coincidence. Yeah, coincidence. yeah. <laughs> but I think that going forward, we can absolutely look at the fact that John Smith, he's a calculated man. He doesn't make any move in his life without it being thought through. Everything sure. that he does, even. I mean, if he has any sympathies or any breaks of will, it's letting his son have a little wine at VA Day, which to me, I was like, oh, that's a little surprising, showing that he's showing some fatherly attributes and not just a calculated... I mean, he only makes concessions when they don't matter. He only makes concessions over tiny things that, yes, you can study at the breakfast table. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can have half a glass of Riesling... Yeah. At, at our picnic, but at home, going yes. nowhere. Yeah, but for anything that's a matter of state, he's he's a very decided man, and I think maybe that's like just if we go into his character a little bit, like maybe that's a coping mechanism. Yeah. Like he makes small concessions so that he doesn't make any big ones or something like that. I don't know. But do you think that was a small concession, or because I'm under the belief that that wasn't a, that the giving of the wine wasn't just a, a part of a oh my son wants some wine. It's VA day. He's old enough. He's been good. I'll give mm-hmm. him this concession. I think that was more to build up that feeling and that mood that he was trying to establish at the home of oh, yeah. carelessness, relaxed, everyone's having fun, we're all friends here. Right. Because that's the only way he was going to be able to a get information out of move. Rudolph. And again, a calculated move by showing the vulnerability oh, of a family. Unit. Now that you've right. said it, I think that's absolutely yeah. what it is. Yeah. I think that it's, he's, um, you know, like you said, he's so calculated. He, of course, because that's so laid back. It's like, hey, we're all friends yeah, here. Yeah, we're all yeah. hanging out. Have some, Tommy, have some more. Tommy, yeah. have some more. Throw a baseball around and then maybe Rudolph will tell me why he flew from the Pacific States yeah. on a diplomatic visa. And asked yeah. him numerous mm. times throughout. Yes. Numerous right. times. And it was a very, it started off as a very casual and pleasant, friendly, oh, wait, what have you been? What right. have you been up to? Have you been kept yeah. busy? Some more, are you interrogating me? Yes, I am interrogating you. And that's the point where you're like, oh, you're like, oh, oh wow. Oh. And so, then it's wrong. <laughs> so, when, of course, he asks Joe, mm-hmm. what, you know, when all is said and done and it's very clear that, you know, Rudolph has been lying, but he has that internal conflict that, kind of like you were saying, like, he doesn't want to make concessions uh, when it comes to, like, matters of the state kind of a thing. And this is probably the first time that he's come close to it, because it's like he said, you know, or like we sit up here, we have trust for mm-hmm. each other as hosts, etc., mm-hmm. you know, and so it's like, once you've gone through that with somebody, you're like, no, like, you're a good guy, Mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, but then why when we go to dinner after shooting, are you lying to my face all night? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. that, you know, because it's like, I know, like, I we work together, like, and in war especially. I mean, that's like the ultimate, you know, the kind of bond. You know, because it's, ultimate well, it's, it's, I mean, you're <laughs> literally putting your life <laughs> in their hands, you yeah. know, so to do that and then now be in a situation almost where actually his life is in your hands mm-hmm. still or again, you know. And to ask Joe, you know, and and that's why I think it was like part of the test. You know, I, I think I think so. I think especially after we're talking about him giving the wine as being mm-hmm. part of uh, like a calculated plan. I think that it's sort of having Joe not necessarily dig his own grave in a way, but set his own paradigm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like establish the rules for himself. Mm-hmm. Which uh, for for because I think that you know he's he's 
scheming for the Thomas reveal at the end of the episode. Thomas is totally in on it because Thomas is the one that took him in the office. Yeah, Thomas is totally in on it. They're all, they're all. You know in what on I mean? And he was, he was yeah. very uppity on the whole "my dad trusts us" thing. Like he, yeah. that was a proud. It was, it was and then a he got the wine. It yeah. was like, "You do this for me, I'll give you some wine." Yeah, it comes down to Thomas being an alcoholic. He's a true parent if he's bribing. I think. Right. I'm going to throw this one at you. What about the option that? So he's been in a situation where Rudolph calls him his mentor. He calls John Smith his mentor. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is my mentor. So there's definitely the issue of you were turning in your mentee. You were turning in somebody that he almost looked like I have took care of him in war. Mm-hmm. Like we bonded, but not only did we bond, but I bonded with him as kind of like his subservient that he was protecting. And now Joe right. is somebody else that he's been kind of cultivating almost mm-hmm. to be another mentee. And so he's going to Joe in the situation of, okay, well... My last guy kind of betrayed me. I'm being, I'm now having internal conflict right now because I have to decide: do I return him over, mm-hmm. or do I stand by what I strongest believe in? Which he mentioned earlier is now in a better world. You see the conflict with Rudolph, where mm-hmm. Rudolph right. is still, you know, he's not, he doesn't feel good about what he did, and mm-hmm. that's why he's helping to go me. And but John, not at all. John feels no remorse. He's like, this is why. No, the country is the world is better now. So he's like, all right, well, we've got a difference of opinion. I'm going to ask Joe. Is Joe along my beliefs? Is country for Joe? Is he going to say right. turn him in, or is Joe on the belief of being weak? Relationships are strong, so I think that that conversation with Joe is more of a an assessment of okay, I failed with Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Let's see if this next guy, Joe, can be the mentee that Rudolph. Never so, so you're thinking that because Joe uh, Joe suggested that you know emotions can't get in the way mm-hmm. that it's actually he's not sort of on the chopping block like he I sort think, of endeared himself. He passed the test. Why, yeah, he think, passed the test. Yeah, I think that that's why well, he didn't just get shot mm-hmm. down in the in, right in, in, in the home. You sure, know? and he just got turned over. I mean, odds are he's gonna. Talk to him later. You don't just turn him. He didn't turn him over to the SS. He didn't turn him over oh. to anybody severe. Thought, he just turned him I, over to his troops. I thought they were like literally going to take him into the woods and shoot, like interrogate him and shoot him, like he discussed. Uh, yeah. They'll probably. I mean, they'll probably interrogate him. I don't know if they because he's he's sort of he's not just like a common criminal. In I that know he probably has some information. Right. They'll want to know who he's working with on the other right, side. Right, right. And I think they'll get the information. I, I totally thought, because maybe I just took it way too literally, because mm-hmm. that was actually the conversation that they yeah, had. Yeah, they you know, Joe, through the woods and shoot Yeah, I mean, but, but when they when you know they said their goodbyes and they opened the door and clearly he was not going home, yeah. right. uh, you know, they walk off and they're, you know, Joe, they're watching him leave and be taken. And I don't remember what the Fuhrer said, but um, then Joe goes, you know, Sometimes you have to make sacrifices. So he's like, you're right. You can't let emotions get in the way. And yeah. Joe says, sometimes the sacrifice has to be made. And so I took that to be like, he was sacrificing his friendship and life and, uh, you know, of Rudolph mm-hmm. for the greater this country. And Joe was passing the test, you know. But uh, he obviously was set up to, like, look in the cupboard. Mm-hmm. Right? right? And I, I believe he's intrigued. He was set up from the episode before when he was very blatant about his setting the envelope with the grasshopper right. into his briefcase. Hey, Joe. Like, he's putting <laughs> yes. it, like, How convenient. Uh, mm, I've got oh this God. confidential paperwork. It was like, bait. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely bait. So, so I'm wondering if Joe passed one test, did he fail this test? Or is this somehow, now he might be privy to this mm-hmm. information? Wait, save in it. Okay, because I have a prediction. So we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. For predictions. Sounds good. Um, let's actually kind of switch gears um, and talk about... Juliana mm-hmm. and Sounds Frank. Sounds good. Um, specifically, again, with the cinematography, I really liked how it opened up with Joe and all of them, and it was like the bright 4th of July, you know, backyard, yeah. lightheartedness. And then the first scene you see of the other side with Juliana is very dark, very... It's like a sepia filter. Yeah. yeah. Everything in San Francisco. And, you know, <laughs> and, I mean, the dark clothes and just very mundane and just kind of like dreary. Mm-hmm. Uh Again, like, I thought that was very specific and very intentional. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know what I mean? And I like that they do that because it just evokes an emotion before anything has even happened. Yeah, I mean, it's part of... One thing that I've loved so much throughout this entire season is being able to see sort of the juxtaposition between these two, uh, between the Great Reich and the Pacific States. And I don't think that it gets any more uh, stark then in this episode, when you're watching what's essentially like a really patriotic, colorful backyard mm-hmm. celebration with apple pie mm-hmm. in one half of the country, and the, and the other half of the country, they're 
like there's an investigation. They're mourning the um, the assassination attempt on their prince, and it's all very dark and very drab and very industrial. You know, we see mm-hmm. just the shots that they chose to show us were all very industrial from the. Uh, Inspector Keto tracking down. Um, and he, oh God, he's so great in this episode. He's so great in general now because you <laughs> you tense up as soon as you see him in any scene. Man. You're like something Ooh, something bad's gonna happen. Cringe. It's about to go down. You put yeah. him in, in this in on all these scenes with these characters that you're attached to now, like uh, like Tagomi and and Frank. And as soon as you see him, it's just like your my spine seizes up because I know something bad is gonna happen. Yes, always. Uh, but I uh, I thought that a lot happened. Um, a lot happened again. Setup stuff, but uh, a lot happened in, in San Francisco. Probably more happened in the Pacific states in general than in the Great Reich, though. I don't think we got as much culture. Again, I think like you were saying, like the way that they celebrate. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's right. it's showing sort of a business as usual, even though it's VA Day. And I think it's a great representation of our the national perspective and how in each. Germany versus Japan, we have two people on either side that are polar opposites kind of in what their ideals are. So we've got Kido and Tagomi. So we've got Kido who is country. And then we've got Tagomi who is peace and prosperity. He's more right. of the focus yeah. of the the values of what the Japanese people have. And Tagomi is more of protecting his country, the militaristic aspects right. of it. That's a good way of putting it. And sure. on the other side, we've got uh, John Smith, who is the country. Mm-hmm. Right. That's his first and foremost, his militaristic aspect. And then you've got Rudolph, who was country, but then now he's he's wavering and he's looking more at peace. I and think his he's focus totally peace. peace. Yeah. So it's very interesting to see those dualities on each side where they don't agree with each other. And when discussing, you mentioned the prince, and right. they're they're like, oh, the prince, their feelings for the prince, German versus Japan, are drastically different. In it, the guy who was asking, I think uh, they were in the bar room or when they're having the conference, and Juliana's in there and she's kind of eavesdropping as oh, she's yeah. I, she's yeah. serving, and right. he mentions, well, how's the crown prince? And they're like, oh, he's great. And he's like, oh, he's doing great. Saw him this morning. Aces. Dude's going to be up in the time. He's going to be leading the parade. He's going to be, you know, cartwheel, the whole thing. And the guy tenses up. He scratches his throat. Um. He starts pulling on the collar. You can tell it's a tense subject. And, oh, the fewer says, fewer says he's great. Like, oh, the fewer will be so happy. And then you can see he kind of tenses, John tenses up when they're told that. So it just leads me more into Mm -hmm. that, that notion of there is this strong divide between Japan and, you know, Nazi Germany. And it's it's super intriguing, like you said in the, in the way they shoot it, in the way that it's presented, mm-hmm. Japan's or Nazis are clearly the dominant power. Yeah, well, they have they have so much more technology, and I mean, even yeah. if you just look at the map in the beginning, yeah. just I mean, it's the, the oh, way yeah. that the country's divided. It's very clear uh, who wears bigger pants. You know what yeah. I mean? It's very clear that the presence of the Nazis is greater, more powerful. They just control more territory and they have more resources. And we see it in the earlier episodes when they're talking about they're flying on jets, we're sailing yeah. on barges <laughs> essentially across the Pacific. It's There's a huge disparity. Um, and that's, uh, you know, it's... I want to... One thing that I want to know is how Tagomi and Rudolph met. Because there's these two isolated oh, yeah. people who, uh, in the midst of all of this nationalism and industrialism, have... Uh, you can sort of grab onto because they care about peace because they care about Mm -hmm. presumably as far as we know now they're trying to sort of equalize that disparity in order to preserve the peace and where how do these two strange like how do they find each other randomly through Tagomi and Rudolph yeah Tagomi Son and Rudolph because he's a trade minister yeah he's a trade minister and he is an an, and he's uh, an like international businessman right but how does that like how does that conversation come up? You know, hey, so oh, you into treason? You into treason? Yeah, yeah. Do you like treason? Yeah. <laughs> I met him at Bunko. Like, like <laughs> what's, what's, the, what's the situation where these two just open up openly about their treason? Like, like in that to extrapolate on that, how does anybody find a collaborator? Like, sure, what, I guess, I mean, we, we well, see how difficult it is to try to join started. the resistance. Yeah. Don't <laughs> get me not started because well. that that's something I've always wondered more on like a moral, you know, yeah. like when it comes to cheating. I mean, which I get treason, you know, yeah. what like relationshipal trees. Oh, are you, you trying? Are you, do no, you mean in the sense I, of like, like somebody cheating in a relationship? Yeah. How do you find someone who's willing to cheat with them plus yeah. the cheater? Well, yeah, like how how do you... Are we talking about treason still? Yes. Well, <laughs> no, she she no. considers cheating treason. No, okay. no I'm treason. I'm saying, I'll to me, in. I've always wondered that when it comes to that because it's like if everybody's married or everybody's taken, yeah. how does that conversation happen that you like throw it out there? Like, are you into this because, like, I might be in this. But if they're not, you can, like, 
recover. Yeah. Right. And so like, I'm, it's the same oh, thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, like, so I, th- that has always bothered me. I was just kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, but ah. I don't think <laughs> that. Reason? No. I don't oh. think if you, yeah, <laughs> like, if you went that way that that would really like work out. <laughs> right. Knowing, knowing um, how the men of country feel and, and act oh, about so that. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. So. And the chances that these two found each other were actually able to pull off something like what they presumably did, which is get some well, sort of plan. And we, uh, from everything I remember, we don't really know what Rudolph's business is, correct? No, because, I, because, we don't, because that he, could be how the conversations yeah. are, too, because maybe peace would benefit the type of business he's in. And well, so he's just would more inherently be motivated by that. Yes, but because a, a one because we don't know, but also because we see him uh and Tagomi sort of in a couple of scenes talk about uh moral issues. I, I don't I don't necessarily think that he's in it for business gain, especially because it's such a high risk thing yeah. for him to be doing. because um, it also seems like he more so than Tagomi, it seems like Rudolph really has nothing to gain other than trying to preserve the peace. Okay. He has nothing to gain other okay. than a higher cause. I would buy because, into that. Because he's giving some Nazi technology. This is what mm. I've gathered, yeah, at least. Yeah. It's, it's what I think is, is happening. Is He has a film with some Nazi technology that he's trying to give to the Japanese mm. just to equalize the power to preserve the peace. You know what I mean? Right. So he really, more than, more so than anyone, I think would have to be approaching it from a purely a moral stance. Um, to go me, his that. nation benefits from his actions. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? Of course. Like his of nation course. has increased well, If they technology. don't have peace, they're going to be the goners. Well, that's kind of a yeah, thing. Also, so it's like, we want peace because we're going to be out of here. Yeah. Exactly. And I think exactly. That it's Rudolph, our only plan of action. Yeah. I think Rudolph's motivation also comes, I mean, look at what he's gone through. This man did terrible things in the war. He knows he's done terrible things mm-hmm. in the war. I think a lot of this is his way to make reparations towards yeah. the terrible things he's done. Restitute. If mm-hmm. I can, yeah, if I can pay back for all those the damage I did in the war by saving hundreds of thousands of more lives right. in the future, maybe I break even. You know, yeah. maybe I don't feel as bad about myself. The, for right. all the, things the that scene, I've done. the scene with him and John Smith, where they're talking about the camps, mm-hmm. and and you you just see the disparity. You see, I mean, that scene really captured the ideology, uh, the ideological differences between the two men mm-hmm. of. Okay, at what cost? Like, was it worth right. it? Like the monstrosities. That's Rudolph's side, and then John Smith's side is, uh, we live in a better world. Like he said, like the, the right. quote was, I think, "This is better whiskey now. There's a better world now." Mm-hmm. It's like that was atrocious, and we got to see that he was troubled about it because they talk about him sailing uh, when and he was younger anymore, too. Yeah. And he doesn't anymore. And I like that. It's like he's he's come to peace. Gives with him it. the human element though. Yeah, yeah too. it like, does. Um, you know that because I I don't think he's proud of things he did. I think he's proud of. Um, creating a better world. Proud of what he's accomplished. You know what I mean? It's like the ends justify the means for him. Yes, Absolutely. for him. Yeah. Um, so, but Juliana, so she doesn't get the job, we say, you know, clearly. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, if you remember, we're not really sure. Right. Yeah. What ha- We know she was approached, but we don't really know right. what happens. Was- the necklace, you know, that whole thing. So she didn't get the job. Mm-hmm. Right. But then is called in for another job with somebody <laughs> else who happens to want peace. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I loved seeing her with Tagomi. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing those two together. Um, and even even her mention of talk when she talked about Aikido and it talked about mm-hmm. uh, what's his face yeah. touching his throat. I mean, and to I, see that like that sort of mutualism that was going yes. on between the two of them. And I feel like I that could that. be risky. I mean, because for sure. Oh gosh, I don't remember who it was, but it was very clear she was like the only white girl. The only, you know white, what I mean? Period. Like she's yeah, you know, the, yeah, the only the only Caucasian person. Period. That's why they yeah. hired her, actually. Probably. Yeah, specific. No, yeah, yeah they I mentioned, mean, they mentioned because for the Germans to walk in to see. Oh uh, you know, yes, that's right. We want someone to see. Yeah, yeah, they're like, okay, we feel more at ease now. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, she's the she's the so, only one. Period. Mm-hmm. At least until the end, and it seems like was I was I mistaken? There, there's there's a lot of. Oh yeah, yeah. so she was the, the she was the only one that we saw in terms of Tagomi's realm. But then towards the right. end, we did get the reveal of her stepfather being actually right. an operator running, right. so like in a I, supervisory role because he's pointing around and I, pointers always it. I want to talk. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about this for a minute because we don't get a lot of a lot of specifics about what was going on there. But there's, I think, a lot to infer. Mm-hmm. Were, were they deciphering code? Is that what was happening? It was this room full of. Yeah, they did. They People did kind of leave that open. Oh, I have no idea what they were doing. Okay. I, I mean, it's, and I don't think that we're supposed to. And I don't think that 
the point of it was to know what they're doing as much as for her to see him yeah. in there. You know what I mean? Right. But she um, got a code. Did you, she like, picked up a piece of paper yeah. that had something on it. I think that oh, this oh, is... Oh, sorry. I thought you mm. meant, like, when she saw her... Um, no, I do. When mm-hmm. she saw her... Right, but I mean, like, what they were doing, like, behind the glass. Not what the, all the girls were doing... Oh, but they were bringing the stuff to them in the room. So I think yeah. it was all related. Right, right. Like, well, no, they were, like, putting in the little inboxes. Yeah. Right. In, in the little inboxes. So that are probably then further vetted and then taken to... I guess what I'm, what I'm sort of asking is just, like, what what is that operation? Like, what is that whole, what is that whole room? Like, what is the Sakura mm-hmm. room? Is it just, well, like, I got a, the impression that they were listening to recordings or films. Yeah, I think or, they were I mean, tapped phones it, and it, recordings. It reminded and, okay. me... Yeah, it reminded me of... Um, like nine one one calls, mm-hmm. you know okay. what I mean? Like you know, like one of a dispatcher office, but rather than people calling with emergencies, like they're just like NSA style listening. <laughs> yeah, is that what it is? They're just listening in. We're going to be flagged because I, I know yeah. that there were a lot I, of rooms I mean, during World War Two where like people were receiving code because you know mm-hmm. every all the different military operations talk to each other in code and so Turn you would try to you would try to crack the code and figure out so if you could crack the code then you could decipher all you could just listen on the radio and decipher everything and so everyone was constantly trying to crack the code and then the codes were constantly yeah. changing and so I was like is there still something so I, I sort of like parallel thoughts either it's like an NSA NSA style thing where like there's the realization like oh my you know stepdad knows Every phone mm-hmm. conversation that I've had, or, or knows probably that I t- was at Can- went mm-hmm. to Kansas City. Oh, all I didn't stuff. even yeah. think about it. There, there's that. Th- there's way. that. Interesting. Was that the reveal, or or was it this other weird thing where like there's something else going on outside this world? There's still like a war going on, or yeah. something where these people are still trying to crack code, or is it German code? Okay, I guess it could be which, German code. Which but... makes me think. And again, we're like not even to predictions, but whatever. Who cares, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe <laughs> can, the war. The maybe show. they haven't like fully really won the war i don't know that's that's kind you know of, what i mean that's like, what was one of my thoughts because it's like this seems like a room where they're trying to decipher war code what's going on exactly and why would they need to decipher war code if we're not at war if we're not if at the war. war is over exactly yeah personally and I, that's what made me think it was like the films you know right. like this is but it could be that too though so that's why i just kind of wanted to talk about because i don't know what i don't know what that, what's off, going on in that room and i know it's important off of that room i think that we all, we know that the Nazis, just by the, the traits of how they operated, are pretty conniving and mischievous and distrusting of mm-hmm. everybody but themselves. Right. So this is a world where we've seen a clear discrepancy between the Japanese and the Germans. Right. I think that going even for the the film and all of that, there's dis- there's a disparagement between them and the like the military officials with the prime with the trade minister. Even right. they don't get along. So it's very clear that. They don't trust each other. Where the Germans right. do not trust the Japanese. So I'd have they're in the Pacific States. That's where mm-hmm. they live. And there's a German operation within this building that is running stuff. And so I'm thinking, but there was also Japanese officials in there. So wait, wait, wait. do you think that that the room, that, the Sakura room, you think that's mm-hmm. a German operation? It was ran by a Germans. It was ran by they were working for the Germans, or is the stepfather working for the Japanese? Who was he working I, for? I don't think that there's any way that they're working for the Germans inside of a major Japanese government yeah. building. So that to me, I mean, like who knows? But like I mean, she's to, work, she's working for the rebels that, inside that, of the yeah, <laughs> that's true. But but like that's a whole room and resources. Yeah. dedicated to some sort of sophisticated operation. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't really understand how she walked in there with a little water tray, but she did. Because um, there was like an armored guard well, no, standing outside. It, just, her, oh. No, but it's her job to like clean, you know, because you saw her pick up the glasses. Yeah. Like, okay. It's her job to like true. clean and clear or whatever. Yeah. She just hides them um, in the door though. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I took that to mean that this is a Japanese operation. Mm-hmm. But I think that there is something really significant and I think that's what made you think that it's a German operation is that they were all Caucasian. Yeah, everyone yeah. in that room, all of the operators mm-hmm. were were white, and that makes me go, okay, they're listening to. It's because they're listening to English code, yeah. or I, mean, I guess maybe German, or maybe right. the German codes in English, because it seems like all the Germans speak English. Yeah, because they're Super just, it's, it's in the U.S. Well, yeah. So are they listening to German code, or are Germans. they listening to some sort of American war machine code? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's probably German. Time code, will tell. Think about it. Or are they just receiving, you know, notice from the fatherland? Are they just? Are they just getting? But why info? would they? Why would they have a grasshopper bin? Yeah, the fact that they have a bin labeled grasshopper. Yeah, yeah. and then it well, could just be a, a listening station. I mean, I, I think the most like simplistic ideal of it is that it's a listening station just to try to extrapolate, and then they can around the films. Yeah, I think that it's this like, is it's a like setup episode, and we're gonna something. find. I out. I think that you're exactly right. <laughs> I think that's. Exactly and I want to talk truth. about Frank. 
Frank. Frank. Frank. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this Frank, I feel Frank. like was kind of a big episode for him too. I I, yeah, I can't get on board with he, Frank. He's he's in trouble. I mean, him and the uh, the arms dealer. Like, first mm. of all, the arms dealer was in trouble. Which, hello, we totally predicted that. Yeah, I mean, come on. I knew when he made a shtick about the ID card that he was going to be in trouble. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but and he lied right off the get go when Keto comes in, and then he's like, and "Oh, Keto actually, knows. my bad." Like, Keto like knows. you can't lie to this guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, what, what were you thinking? A village in Tibet? Yeah, like, he's yeah. going to go to Tibet. And then, That's the next the, episode. And the other open with him in Tibet. Yeah, he's in Tibet. <laughs> and he's like, I don't see this it's guy. Keto's <laughs> in Tibet. You know, it's a small village. <laughs> yeah, that's the creepiest part. Is yeah, you know, yeah. it's a small village. So it's like it, you know, I'm going to find out that you are lying. And yeah, in this episode alone, how much deception across the board? Everybody, everyone's lying. Everybody was put into a situation at some point in this episode where they were asked a question or they were interrogated by somebody with that person knowing they were being lied to. Yeah. Yes. Tito knew he was being lied to. John knew he was being lied yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, Frank having the conversation with the dad lying. And the dad knew totally. he was lying because the dad works at the list. Like, you know, right. he works at yeah. the like, yeah. Everybody knows somebody else is lying. That was like, the biggest well, motif is yeah. that no one's, no one's honest. And you can't be because yeah. you're under con- uh, constant scrutiny. I mean, that's yeah. part of the world that they've established is you can't have, uh, you can't have a thought. You know, you can't do, you can't, uh, act in any way. Uh, that's not selfless mm-hmm. for the state without being at risk. So you have an arms dealer who sells three bullets to a guy who wants to pay him a lot of money. Well, you know he wants the money, so he sells the bullets, and now he's on he's on um, now he's on the spot for that. Yeah. And you have yeah, exactly. You have Juliana who wants to justify Trudy's death and figure out what's going on with mm-hmm. the films, and you have Joe that, who wants to figure out what's going on with the grasshopper, but that and was you have my, Rudolph who's trying. To, it's just all of these. That was the thing. I want to talk about Frank. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they got in a huge fight, mm-hmm. him and Juliana, and you kind of see for the first time that they're not just sort of like living. I don't even know what the right. Like they're finally acknowledging that like they're clashing. Yeah, you know it's like it feels like it's all been unspoken up to this point. I love that scene. I mean, I think it's a really I, well same. done. Same. I mean, and again, like that that last what maybe eight ten minutes was saved it for me. You know what mm. I mean? Kind of really justified all the setup because it's like okay now we see the motivation behind the setup. So, uh, but I I also really liked because I. I think kind of like we talked, I think it was in the episode one with Trudy's death sort of being somewhat, I don't want to say dismissed, because obviously it's come back up, mm-hmm. but in the moment, like, you know, we wanted that little minute of peace to say, like, holy crap, you know? <laughs> and I love that, you know, Frank goes home and they do the prayer, you know, and they have this, like, completely um, Jewish moment like Another honoring really their roots having fantastic scene you know what i mean and mm-hmm. i and and they he what did he say something about like it's one thing to like lose your loved ones it's an another one to you, to not be allowed to mourn for yeah them. you know like, mm-hmm. it's, like to not be allowed yeah, however that but that the point you know just kind of like wow he hasn't he hasn't even been allowed to be sad mm. and and to mourn and grieve the loss of his sister yeah. and family you and know we see and him we, he, see him we that, get to he finally gets to yeah and i yeah. and in that that was kind of the thing with frank where i'm like okay they don't want us to hate him you know, they just, <laughs> no, I, I mean, because he's, all of his actions are kind of questionable because it seems like they're all pretty directionless. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and now he's also totally getting set up with the cowboy picture. And they're like, oh yeah, the man and his son saw uh, the guy, the shooter with this picture or, you know, the uh, gun, the this pistol. picture. Yeah. Right, yeah. So and he, the he's thing is, going to, he's I mean he he's not he wasn't framed I don't think but he also he's has a shot fired be, from his gun too yeah. right he's going to be uh, I think kind of taking the heat for that yeah if if, if, he, if he get if it gets caught yeah I kind of I kind of hope, hope he does <laughs> well we know but how he, he feels didn't do it. <laughs> I mean the man went wild wielding a gun in a crowd. Regardless of what he did, come Wild on. Wild wielding, yeah. I mean, I mean that's a valid he point. didn't like do one of these. Uh, yeah, you know he, got, he pulled it out yeah. with a hand that he just got shot in. He just got shot in that arm. He pulls it out, shows it to the kid next to him, gets scared, puts it up, and then watches the prince get shot. That would have been fine if someone else didn't shoot the prince, but he didn't even come what he he didn't even do what he came there yeah. with a gunshot wound to do. Follow through, Frank. So he doesn't follow <laughs> he through. He can't win with you. <laughs> he can't. He's a quitter. He's, he's, yeah, and, and then and then now he's he's sort of in it with 
with this arms dealer where they kind of have to both be safe. And I'm sorry, I think that gun's going to be found and the yeah, shots yeah. are oh taken out. They're going to trace yes. it back to him because they came to his they came to his place of work. I mean, they came to pl- his place of work like numerous times, right? And they asked specifically about him. Like they already have something on him. Yeah. And totally. whether it came through the Sakura room or something like that, I don't know. I don't know how they have it on him, but they do. So he, I think he's going to take the heat. I think he's absolutely going to take the heat. And yeah, I mean, th- what. He kind of had it coming. I All right, feel well, let's like officially <laughs> start predictions uh-huh. and okay. get this on the road. Oh, here we go. And now, you're After Buzz TV. Lay that beat down. Yeah, it's the ghost of After Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've kind of already been predicting a little bit here. Uh, yeah, we've a lot, A lot of it, sorry. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, so, I mean, we've seen a lot of setup. Mm-hmm. And I will say my... I guess I'll keep it to this just for time's sake. My biggest prediction is I actually think that Joe... It's so cliche for him to just, like, be set up like that and get caught and, like, get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like he's, like, passing the test. You know? He oh, okay. wanted him, you know... Th- the papers are blank for a reason and he's gonna explain, you know, and I, I feel like... Because they wouldn't have shown us Smith down there, yeah, like the catching. I, yeah, I just I feel like also the way he turned around. I I one hundred percent agree. He he didn't turn around like oh snap. It was like like are we gonna get into this and yeah. like talk about yeah. this? Like, it was I'm committed now. You know, like you have me. Yeah, I, I feel that's like, how yeah. I feel. I feel like the the Joe and John relationship. He turns around. He had just spoken to Rudolph, and Joe gave him the right answer that he was looking for, which is fall country and turn around John has never once showed sympathy in anything he's ever done he does not right. show sympathy it's just not something right. that he does I think that the only reason that Joe is not going to get a bullet in his head after this from John is only if it's because John thinks he can use him for a better purpose for something that he needs or because totally. he thinks that because he said something and stuck with country that he may be winnable to tilt back right. over and be the proper soldier and the mentee that he wants him to be. I think he strongly wants him to be the mentee. So I feel like he'll give him a chance. I don't think I just don't think he'll kill Joe because Joe oh, and Juliana no. are going to yeah. end up together and we all know exactly. that. Frank's exactly. going to be out of the picture. We all know. Yeah, exactly. That's why Frank needs to get yeah. out of the picture right. so that that can happen. Joe can move um, in. <laughs> I think um I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn because there is a good like on the one hand, yeah, Open Group and Fury is is sort of ruthless and would put a bullet in someone's head. No question, but I feel like this was a, not necessarily. I don't. I don't necessarily think that that was failing the test because we, if you look at it from John Smith's perspective, he hasn't. He still hasn't seen Joe do anything treasonous. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's no right. treachery. It's curiosity. That's true. It's him. It's him being interested in this one point. state affair. This one matter of state. Who is the? What's the grasshopper? Well, what's the yeah. film? Who's His the man in the high castle? Was set up. Yeah. I mean. Again, this all it all like well, he was the, teased with that, it. Well, no, yeah. but I'm saying that's why that's why he was the one that had to take the film. Like it's it's one of those things where I feel like Smith knew the whole time. Like he sent him out there to fail on this mission. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. was never gonna get done what he was sent to do. Uh, so I almost feel like it's one of those things where all of it was like leading up to this, where it's like, okay, now we're gonna have a conversation, and like I'm gonna really tell you. What's going yeah. on when yeah. it comes to X, Y, or Z? What? Because we only have four more episodes. Yeah. Well, and, so. and, and really, we've got to move fast, right? Yeah. But really, what we what John Smith learns from this is just that um, Joe has such a strong interest in this one matter, mm-hmm. such a strong curiosity that uh, n- nothing will stop him in a way. Like he would. He would sneak he would around risk and do it at that high yeah. of a level. He, he, exactly. would, he would take a huge risk. That's exactly to, to get more information. Maybe that makes him the perfect candidate. That's what I'm saying. After having that, seen, right? That's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. That like that's where Smith. Like that was the test, and that's why I think he's not in trouble because it's like okay, you really will go to any length to get info on this or to you know to see right. this through. So you're my guy because. Right. I yeah. mean, you so know you who I like, am. Kind of like an initiation just, style. Yeah and, yeah, and it's also one of those where it's like, I think he also, again, like coincidence seeing Rudolph at the airport. And I mean, I don't know if he would have known or whatever that he would be there since he got the diplomatic ticket and all of that, you know. But, but it's one of those things where he probably, that it wasn't accidental that Joe saw him send away, like, his, one of his best Closest buddies. Friends, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of saying, yeah. like, I will 
break those bonds mm. for country right. if you cross me. For sure. You know, I, I, really giving him Just the extreme. At this point, yes. you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If there was any doubt, you know, and setting him up for all of that, you know. Yeah. And so if he's still willing to take the risk after that... Which he does immediately. Oh, yeah. like and, he didn't see I mean, because who keeps the keys under the liquor bottle? <laughs> John Smith was probably sitting over in the chair, yeah. like over in the dark corner, just waiting for it to happen. Yeah, he got it. He got yeah. the keys. <laughs> but, 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 five minutes. Oh, any other, any other predictions? Well, yeah, I think that... I mean, we know that John's... Uh, I mean, John's mother-in-law is dead two years. So yeah. he he had to know that Rudolph was there. So it was very conniving that to bring Joe along. To meet, pick up Rudolph. He was clearly going there to pick up Rudolph. That's oh, why course. he was headed to the airport. Oh, absolutely. So John's witnessed him go pick up Rudolph, knowing that it was a lie. He's witnessed him turn over one. Bless you, turn over Thank one you. of his closest friends to the to the Nazi party, mm-hmm. knowing that God yeah. knows what's going to happen to him. And then afterwards, he's all right. Well, here we go. I'm about to. Uh, I'm about to sneak down there, go in the room, and do it. I think that there's no way. John kills him because I don't think he would have put that whole masquerade on for Joe. The whole thing yeah. was a show for Joe, right? It really was. But do we have? Do you guys have any pr- other predictions? Yeah, well, that's what I was getting to. Oh, okay. Is, I was predict- is that he's not going to do anything to Joe? He's going to push Joe to working for him against his will. Um, I think he's going to give him a die or do die or do what I want scenario. You're obviously can't be trusted. I need you for some grander purpose. Die or do what I want. Which okay. kind of, in a nutshell, sounds like Nazism. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, <laughs> it's do what I want or die. Um, I think that there's my prediction is going to be on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, there's going to be, um, especially now that Rudolph's sort of out of the picture, I think that uh, Tagomi and, and Juliana are going to have sort of a, a conspiracy. They're going to have a, yeah. a sharing of information, mm-hmm. if you will, one way or the other. And yeah. It could just be wishful thinking because that's what I want to happen, <laughs> but I also predict that's what's going to happen. Like You're it. allowed. Yeah. You're allowed to have your predictions align with your desires. Yes, they so. do. In this one instance, they do. Well, is there any last thoughts before we say goodnight? Um, I don't believe so. Yeah. I want to see episode seven. I, I want to see too. episode seven. I just got to give uh, some serious accolades to the actors. I think that as an yeah. acting standpoint, away from the story in itself, this was all of their best episode when it comes to acting. For they sure. all knocked and out of the park. So much growth. I will say, because I don't know what about that just made me think of it, the whole name of this episode, Three Monkeys, mm-hmm. the hear no evil, see no, see no evil, speak, speak no, no evil. evil. Yeah, right. you know, I never knew that that was... It's, uh, it's the monkeys th- the mon- with like yeah. the... I oh oh yeah yeah <laughs> like mind blown I never knew that that was all connected it's um, uh it's a wood carving at uh, like a temple in in Japan I had no idea yeah. see you learn something new every day <laughs> even from me in the high castle even from watching TV online <laughs> that's how well, I learn most things is actually. it okay yeah. well then I guess I just need to catch up <laughs> we should all catch up we can all learn more. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are always happy to be here. Uh, go on iTunes, rate us, tell us if you like our show, tell us what you like, what you don't like, uh, ask us questions, tweet us, all of those things. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Cordy Henderson. I'm Keith W. Black. You can find me at Keith W. Black all over the internet, or if you write on YouTube, I'll go on and get back to you. Yeah, and my name is Taylor Bolt. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Taybolt, T-O-I-B-O-L-D-T, or on Instagram at T-Bolt. Thank you, guys. Right. Have a great night. We'll see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 